Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm joined by Sally Colden, where we talk about tips for managing change. Now, Sally is definitely somebody that can help you with that since she is currently on her 11th career. So Sally shares her key learnings, um, why you should ask for what you want, listen in for different ways to think about and cope with failure and also with change. She shares her views on why communication is important and one or two of the top tips that she thinks you need to do to manage change. So welcome to the Lessons for Leaders podcast. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stress, doubt and overwhelm. So I help you increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and wellbeing trainer, helping you and your workforce increase that performance, elevate productivity and improve well-being so that you make a bigger impact in your personal and professional life and in your workplace. Recently, I've been working with organisations and individual leaders and managers to help them to be able to become more focused, less stressed and have a wider impact on both their personal and professional leadership skills, as well as improving well-being for themselves and that of their teams. Jennifer said, Emma provided one-to-one coaching to me over a period of several months. Emma's approach to our coaching relationship was very supportive throughout and she built trust very quickly. This allowed me to speak freely and I felt as though she truly listened to me and understood where I was coming from. I found Emma to be extremely pragmatic, I am, in terms of her advice and coaching style, always with a sense of humour but importantly with empathy and kindness at the core. I left each session with a sense of purpose, feeling more confident and focused in terms of different techniques I could implement and draw upon. I found my coaching journey to be really beneficial and I'd recommend to anyone thinking of seeking a coach to go for it. Thank you, Emma. And these are the results that I love to hear about. So, Get in touch if you want to know how I can help you individually or your organisation. You can contact me at emma at emmalankton.com. If you're not ready to do that yet, then you can get onto my newsletter. Again, the link will be in the show notes or there's information on my website at emmalankton.com. This newsletter sends out tips, information, statistics and the current organisational trends that are happening right now so that you don't have to dig around for it. It comes out monthly, so you can guarantee I won't be spamming you. And then finally, a request from me that if you haven't hit the subscribe button or left a review for me, then please do go and find the little button and leave a review and let me know your key thoughts or your takeaways or what you value most from the podcast. For today's episode, 
I am joined by the very wonderful Sally Coulden and we are talking about tips for managing change. Sally Coulden is an artist, director and founder of Red Dog Glass Design. Having grown up in the North Norfolk coast, Sally is currently on her 11th career Having delivered 400 babies, helped build a research unit, built a house, worked globally for 25 years in the corporate sector before heading off to art school. And that's just a few of the things that she's done. Well, in November 2018, Red Dog Glass Design was launched and she hasn't looked back since. So Sally, welcome to the Lessons for Leaders podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much indeed. It's a pleasure to be here. So I think we need to start with you giving us a a kind of whistle-stop tour about some of those career changes because, you know, we have just spoken, I think, as well about people find change hard and often, you know, it's easy to stay with what we know, even though they might be a bit unfulfilled and things. So can you share us a little bit about how you got to where you are now? Sure. Yeah, no worries at all. Well, um, I've had quite a wiggly career. Um, I'm actually on my 11th career change. Um, I do get bored a bit easily. I need I love a challenge, really. So I started off, I trained as a nurse at Adamux in Cambridge, and then I uh, moved on and, and became a midwife. So I've, I've delivered probably about 400 babies. Uh, I then moved to Australia and I became a clinical scientist there um, and head, headed up a research unit. Um, and I studied sexology uh, while I was there. Um, so I became a sexologist. And then I moved back to the UK and got a job with clinical operations uh, at SmithKline as was, it's now GSK. Um, and I, I was a clinical scientist. So I was designing studies for people like myself when I was in Oz that ran studies for pharmaceutical companies. So I was on the other side of the fence. So it was a bit different. And I was looking after the, uh, I worked in international. So that was Central and South America, Africa, Middle East, and the whole of Asia. So we actually covered about 80% of the world's population, I think, in our division. So we were all about building capability in international to facilitate running clinical studies, um, which was really exciting. I worked in tropical medicines as well. And then I did um, my MBA and was invited to help look after the international clinical operations when uh, we merged with Glaxo, so became GSK. Um, So I did that. And then I went and worked for the R&D board within GSK across the whole of R&D. So across all the spectrum of of R&D development for clinical, um, which was really amazing. So working with the board. And then I was headhunted by Pricewaterhouse in the city um, to become a consultant um, to help build their capability uh, for consulting in the pharma global arena. Um, and I ended up um, driving large global change transformation programs in pharmaceutical companies globally, as well as other organizations, actually, which was really interesting. So I love change. So I was doing corporate. I've worked globally for 25 years by this point, And I decided enough was enough. I resigned and I went to art school. I followed a passion of mine that I've, I love art. So I went to art school and then following that, I uh, started a a six month apprenticeship under the um, 
tuition of an amazing abstract landscape painter called Caroline Hulse. And I learned a lot about painting there. And um, because this is my new career, I was going to make art and creativity my career. Um, I quickly realised that actually as a painter, it's really hard to make a living. Um, I think you have to die actually before you, before you start making any money. So I needed to think about what else I could do to earn some money. And I also had a bit of a busy business brain as well. I wasn't an artist that could paint seven days a week. I had an exhibition in December 17 where I uh, had done a couple of really large paintings and I suspended them from the gallery ceiling in the in the gallery and at the private view I overheard this lady say to a friend oh that would look interesting in the kitchen boom that was it I thought glass splashbacks I'm going to research and see if I can set up some sort of you know combine my art and get art into living spaces in a different way so I spent the next year researching this I've never set up my own business before so this was a whole new journey learning things every day I looked to get support from people around me. Um, I got a designer on board so that we started to build the designs. I did research. We got a website up, found glass manufacturers. We're now two and a half years in. I'm scaling the business. Uh, I'm currently in an investment round. Um, I've secured uh, two thirds of my investment already. And the business has been valued at a million pounds. So it's been a an amazing journey you know we've had covid in the middle of it and i'm learning every day every day i learn something which makes it exciting i'm just sitting here grinning from ear to ear because you know just listening to all of that and it is it's so true and i'm thinking that you know my daughter's 18 she's just got her a level she didn't want to go to university and she keeps saying you know, all that Sixth Form talked about was going to university. And I kept saying to her, right, there's apprenticeships, et cetera, et cetera. There's different routes. She's already been working in a supermarket, coping amazingly through COVID. Um, but then the other day she said to me, I really just don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And I was like, whoa, hang on, you know, because it's not for the rest of your life. I, I said to her, it's just what are you going to do next? Yes, yes. And that will lead on to something else. And, and it's all a learning, you know, you, you grow and you change as you grow, you change, you learn different things, and then you can apply your experience from one role in the next role. Absolutely that. You know, and where is the transferable skills and all of those sorts of things, you know, when you need customer service that you take through even, you know, from, from, from one industry to another, and it's, you take all of this through with you, don't you? And this is sometimes what I think people forget. Hearing the, you know, the way that your career sort of, you know, moved and flowed and changed. And I suppose in a way, so did mine. And then so was my business that's been running for 10 years as well. It sort of evolved a bit, but hearing how it's grown and changed is going to be incredibly empowering, I think, for the listeners as well, to know that actually some, you know, a lot of these things are possible, that you can move and you can do different things. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, being a leadership leader and in a leadership role is, you know, a big thing about it is leading by example. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to be the CEO to lead by example. You know, you can be a leader with actually no responsibility for person people in the company. You can still lead. Absolutely. So it's it's it, it depends how you cut it, you know. Definitely. You don't you don't have to be doing people management to be doing leadership. Um, and, and similarly, 
you know it works that kind of works the other way around really um what do you think was helpful for you to be able to manage all of these changes I know it was driven by you but what do you think was helpful I think I just love I just get excited by change it's something that triggers me and I haven't if you said to me well have you planned your career uh you know 30 years ago could you have told me what you were going to do I absolutely couldn't have done you know I've I've taken opportunities I've taken you know chances um so it's it's a big jump it's like uh, sometimes you feel like you're standing on a on a um on a jetty in a Scandinavian lake and you know the water's going to be really cold when you jump in but you're going to jump in so you stand there and go shall I do it and then you you just have to do it and then you jump and then when you're in it it's fine you know you kind of acclimatize and then you move on oh I love that nice analogy and sometimes it is about jumping in and especially when we're really clear on where it is that we want to go but it's taking that deep breath and doing that big step at other times would you agree it's about piecing together and putting learnings in place so what would you think are yours for me it's really important that I surround myself with people that are better than me because you can't be an expert at everything. I mean, you really can't. And, you know, have have confidence in yourself that you're good at what you do and recognise that and then recognise others for being really good at what they do. And if you surround yourself with people that are really passionate about their area, you will be able to drive 100 times faster and, and with more quality. So that that would be one of the things um, I'd say. And also, I think with the red dog, it's um, so I, I, I've combined my art and my glass to help bring uh, art into living spaces in a different format. Um, and it's it's about transforming spaces into the extraordinary um, by fusing my contemporary art, exciting materials and technology together. And that's what I find really exciting. So looking at technology and the way that's moving and bringing my art. A lot of people are very scared of abstract art. Um, what I want to do is break down those barriers and actually make it more fun and more accessible to people. And I'm doing this through toughened glass and bringing so kitchen in the in the homes. It's around kitchen splashbacks and bathrooms uh, and wet areas. And in commercial, it's around hotel receptions, it's in corporates, we can clad swimming pools with art, we can do all sorts. So I'm using my paintings to create extraordinary spaces in, in the world. And that's it. It's about not being restricted to what somebody else's idea of, you know, expectation or tradition is. You know, when I set up the, when I set up this business, then um, there was people saying to me, you must do this and you must do that. And, and that, because I came from that very different start point of um, having adopted the girls and needing to fit everything around their, their extensive needs and, but then going, but I still actually want to work and I want to do this stuff that I love. Um, then I I ran my business in a way that worked for me um, and in a way that was still able to be, um, you know, satisfying, fulfilling, inspiring. But it doesn't mean that actually we always have to set up our own business because you can still influence and do that even in organisations as well, can't you? Yeah, yes, yeah. 
So when I joined PwC, I negotiated. I didn't want to work five days a week um, because I've been traveling extensively at GSK internationally and I just wanted to calm yeah. down a bit. So I negotiated annualized hours, which meant that um, I could work five days a week, but I accumulated my 0.75 days a week and then took extended holidays. And for me, that worked. That, that worked really well that I could mm. take a big break and go traveling. Um, so th- I think there's always opportunity if you're, if you're clear what's going to, or you think about what would work for you best and then approach the company. Because I think, you know, what's the worst that can happen? They say no. Yeah. But the thing is that, that often actually they say yes. But it's just no one asks. No, but it, you know, I mean, in a, in a true Yorkshire um, way, I have been recently saying to quite a few people, shy girls getting out, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that and yes. if you don't yeah. ask, you don't. Yeah. So, you know, I'm constantly yeah. and I had, to do, I had to do it with the kids and then I did it with the business. But, you know, going into places and going, can we do this? No, it's not normal, but can we do this? You know, can we make this yeah. fit? And maybe not asking for too much. I would say to parents of, of kids with additional needs, you know, pick three things that you want, you know, and then we'll go yes. back a bit later and ask for some of the other things. I know we want loads. Um, and yes. as I did that as well with the um, with the, the corporate organisation that I worked for, you know, when the kids first came, that I negotiated um, a, a different kind of level of leave because they needed longer than, than it was sort of expected. So it is about asking you know, thinking about, yes. you put yourself in somebody else's shoes and thinking about, you know, what is actually going to be doable and what possible. You're not asking for the earth yes. Um, yes. Yes. type thing. But it is about thinking about that and um, really, you know, being reasonable and, and asking for some of the things that, that you really want. And there's no harm in just asking. No, no. And I think also, you know, with, with jobs and and you know, doing things, you know, people are scared of potentially failing, making yeah. the wrong decision. But but in my headspace, um, there's failure doesn't really exist. It's actually, oh, I did this. It didn't work. It didn't really work for me. So I'm going to stop doing it and I'm going to go and yeah. do something different. And so it's a learning. It's actually a learning that actually I know in the future that actually this, whatever it is, doesn't suit how I work or what I do or what I want out of life so you go and try something else so it's a learning it's not a failure absolutely I think Um, what I often say to people is because I went because starting the business just with hypnotherapy I was looking and working with a lot of people with kind of stress anxiety fears and phobias that was essentially what I did um and and a lot of people you know there was this fear of failure around um with because I worked with a lot of uh, a lot of corporate people and a lot of uh, leaders there as well and I used to say to them that Thomas Edison that invented the light bulb there's a bit of a phrase uh, a quote that I'm probably not going to get quite right but you know people had said to him you know what did it feel like to to fail a, a thousand times and his response was well I didn't fail a thousand times I found a thousand ways that the light bulb wasn't going to work you know, exactly exactly that's it and yeah. it's about a mindset and your approach um and the way that you yeah. look at things and and that can apply to like you say to failure to whether you're working hours to what you're going to ask for all of those sorts of things um I think some of it comes with a bit of experience 
some of it comes through you know as we kind of it's not as easy for us to do it in our early 20s unless we're really kind of ballsy but Yeah, um, it is important to kind of learn that or get support to be able to feel that you can do that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and I think it, it comes down to communication, doesn't it? I mean, so many things come down to good communication. And, um, you know, I think even if you are in your early 20s and you're going for a job or you're looking at career progression or whatever, there's nothing to stop you having the conversation. Exactly. Um, you know, so have it and and just explore um you know one of the, my words that i really like being an entrepreneur is is really exciting quite a roller coaster um but the words agile and navigate are words that i use a lot in my day-to-day life as an entrepreneur because it's about being agile to the environment yeah. that you're in and being able to change yeah. you know just adapt yourself and to be able to navigate so if if challenges sort of confront you then work out a way to get around it you know um you don't have to stop uh, just because there's a roadblock it's actually okay well let's have a look at it and see how we can move around it and bringing people with you as well you know you you it's all a journey every you know it's a team effort you know to try and achieve things on your own is really hard work and nigh on impossible um you know bring your team with you keep it exciting help them grow as well I mean that's what it's all about I've just brought on a business manager um, who doesn't have huge amounts of experience in this area but I want to help her grow she's a you know graduate and you know how exciting that she can grow the business and that's and and that's so right you know surround yourself with with people that lift you higher you know is something that I um, always advocate as well so that's you know, we make sure that as an entrepreneur, I think you see it much more, you know, in your own business because you end up going, I start my business because I'm good at what I do um, and because I like what I'm doing. And then you realise you've got to wear all of these different hats to start with and you've got to know about the finances and the business planning and the marketing and the et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that's, it also applies um, in, in a corporate environment as well, doesn't it? And that's one of your key messages as well, isn't it? Yes, it, it is. It, it's really, you know, be generous with your knowledge and be confident in how you are. And you share your knowledge and your experience with others and help them grow. And, and it's just so powerful because they'll enjoy working with you um, because hopefully <laughs> because, because, you know, you're working with them. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing for me is having fun. So in anything, if I'm not having fun and it's not stimulating, I need to have a recalibration as to whether this is the thing I need to be doing. Um, so I think that's the other thing. And, and, you know, you might need to look at some more training or to look at another opportunity within the organisation, um, you know, just to refresh and keep, keep your brain fresh and, and excited. I think that's so true that we we all need that element of fun. And, you know, I talk because I do the well-being aspect as well. And I talk to people about you need to boost all the feel good chemicals so that, you know, we've got that. And and, and if everything feels like it's, it's, it's a chore and it's a grudge and, you know, we haven't got any of the stuff that we like doing, uh, you know, I never get too technical. I talk about stuff a lot. But if we've not got good stuff, 
you know, that boosts the feel-good chemicals, then why are we doing it anyway? What is there that's going to get out, us out of bed on the morning, really? It also takes more energy. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you're like working against natural yep. flow, then it does take a lot of energy. So you kind of get a bit burnt out. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm I'm all for, you know, bringing people along and and just sharing, you know, sharing your knowledge. Well, Sally, you've certainly uh, been sharing your knowledge today about managing change, which I really appreciate. If you were going to get the listeners to do just one thing, what would that be? Gosh. Well, I, th- I think for me, it's to know yourself and really have a look at yourself and think about what, what it is that lights you up, you know, that makes you smile and that gives you energy. What is it in the job you're doing or the role you're playing in whatever scenario it is? What are the things that you absolutely love doing um, and build on that and, you know, build on those strengths. Um, I think, I think that's a a really, it kind of starts with you as an individual, I think, to be honest, um, as to how you, how you move forward. Now, some people listening might think, well, that's all well and good, but I'm actually not interested in changing. I'm really happy in the role I've got, um, which is fantastic. You know, and I think, you know, you look at yourself and go, actually, you know, I am really happy with what I'm doing. Things are working. There's always things you can fine tune, um, but that that's fine, too. You know, you don't always have to be searching for 11 careers. I mean, you know, that doesn't suit everybody. Um, so it's it's horses for courses, but it's really, I think, just. Just stepping back, and I, th- I think the pandemic has actually had quite an impact from this side of things because people have had to stand back. You know, their life has changed, but it's given people a bit of breathing space. It's almost like, especially in the corporate world where you're running so fast that you step off that running machine that you're on and you can just actually take some time without guilt to just reflect and have a look at actually what works best for me really. And then have those conversations to to see if you can actually negotiate that. Absolutely. It's been so indicative that people have, people have left jobs. There's there's this, uh, they're calling it the great resignation, that people are leaving jobs, that people are, you know, reassessing, reprioritizing. Um, and and it is that it is that take that step back, as you said, t- and, and COVID murders kind of take that step back and stop and um, you know, reflect is a big thing that I do a lot with the coaching and things like that, is that reflection. Um, and and to kind of look back at how far you've come and where it is that you want to go. And, that, and it, that's huge. It's hugely important and also drives you forward. And again, it's not about looking at the failures, it's about looking at, you know, what, what what's going well and, and kind of what's not really. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a shocking reflector. I mean, I'm somebody that always looks forward, but I, so I make myself do it. I have, I have to consciously go, okay, for the next half an hour, you're going to just sit here, you're going to t- close your computer and just reflect a bit. And it's so powerful. And when you do it, it is really powerful. Um, but sometimes some individuals, such as myself, I need to make myself do it, like carve out time to do it. Um, so I think that's definitely worth worth doing. God. 
So if people want to find you and some of your fantastic artwork, where can they do that? Well, um, they can find me. I've got two websites, www.reddogglassdesign.com. That's my glass website, so the business that I'm growing at the moment. If you tap in sallycalden.art, that's my art website. So I run my art practice in parallel to Red Dog. Um, So I'm still, you know, that obviously feeds my business and feeds me from the artistic side of things. Um, email sally at reddogglassdesign.com um, I'm on LinkedIn Sally Calden um, Facebook I'm everywhere really Instagram <laughs> you name it I'm there <laughs> brilliant so and I will pop all the links um, in the show notes for the listeners if they uh, want to connect with you or to check out any of the things that you are doing um but, you know, in the meantime, I want to just thank you so much for taking the time to share this. It's, I, I know it's just going to add such, such a lot of value. I really appreciate you sharing that and coming on the podcast, Sally. Oh, well, no, it's my absolute pleasure. And thank you for the invite. It's, it's, it's lovely. Fantastic. So as I've said, listeners, everything will be in the show notes. If you've got any questions at all, obviously, you can email me. You can email Sally, as she said. Otherwise, I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye for now.